Welcome back. You're listening to another episode of ACN Connection everywhere you get your podcasts. I'm John Paul Gallardo. Today, we have an exclusive interview with the legendary Filipino rock band River Maya. They are one of the most influential alternative rock bands to come from the Philippines. Their music has taken them on tours across the world. They have albums that have gone triple platinum in the Philippines and they helped define a generation of Filipino alternative rock sound. Nathan Azarcon, Mark Escueta, and Mike Elgar join us today to talk about the early days of River Maya, along with their own origin stories in music. We also discuss their favorites from the River Maya discography, while also getting into a conversation about how to pursue music in today's world. Finally, we also touch base on the future of the band, with an album on the way and a gig coming to Canada as soon as 2023. All that and more today on ASEAN Connection. So welcome back to another episode of ASEAN Connection. I'm John and today I have three very special guests from the legendary Filipino rock band River Maya. We have the guitarist Mike Elgar guitarist and vocals. We have Nathan Nazarkon, bass and vocals. Yay! And we also got Mark Escueta, drums and vocals. So how are you guys doing today? Good, We're good. good. Uh, All yeah, good over here. Good. Doing stuff for the family. Awesome. So for anybody that's a fan of OPM, original Filipino music, you definitely know River Maya. They are a legendary band that started in the 90s and they're still going strong today. So my first question for you guys is, how did you guys each get your start in music? How did you guys get into music and how did you sort of navigate that industry? For me, it's less interesting than Mark and Nathan, but basically my dad loves music. My mom loves music and there was a guitar here laying around at home. So started playing. My brother started playing. I started copying him and soon enough, I started playing in uh, in bands and... Uh, Eventually, I ended up with River Maya uh, when they uh, started looking for new members uh, back in 2001 because they started in 94 uh, and then uh, I joined in 2001. Uh, but before River Maya, I was also part of another group, which will maybe my start in the professional music industry. I was part of the Jet Pangan group. Um, Jet Pangan is also a, a member of uh, another band called The Dawn. And he went solo for a while. And then he's, he formed a band and named named it after him, Jet, The Jet Pangan Group. It's, it's actually a band, it's not his solo stuff. And, you know, uh, I was part of that. Uh, I was able to release an EP and an album with him. And then then I ended up with, with these guys. Awesome. Mark, Nate, do you guys want to jump in here? Me and Mark Nathan. started when we were back in high school. Yeah, uh, I let Mark uh, do the talking. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, we were in uh, first year high school, and there was a a concert tour that came through our school. So it was a bunch of other Filipino bands, and we were required to watch it. It was a school activity, and while watching it, me and and, and my other friends already knew how to play. Like one was a really good guitar player, and another one 
knew how to play the drums. So we said, let's form a band. Uh, I was supposed to be the keyboard player because I was taking piano lessons. But I ended up getting the drum set for Christmas. So my friend who was supposed to play the drums taught me how to play the drums and he moved to bass. Then uh, that's also when Nathan and I became bandmates in another band called Basura, which means trash rock. Trash, trash rock. Trash rock. Trash rock. Basura. Yeah. And I also joined the school band. When I went to college, I also joined the band in, in La Salle. And that's when River Maya started. Okay. Yeah, so it was a, a hobby, basically started as a hobby. So growing up, obviously, you guys have musical influences and inspirations. Who are some of those, or what were some of those bands for you guys? Uh, first off, of course, my dad tried to force me into playing uh, uh, stuff that he liked, <laughs> like the Ventures and the Beatles, which I like too. As a guitar player, it's more of Van Halen stuff. And then mm. locally, it's uh, Juan de la Cruz band. Okay. Uncle Nate? Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I listen to uh, a lot of to all kinds of music. I call it uh, the ABBA to Zappa uh, mm, music. Yes. From ABBA to Zappa. So uh, yeah. I'll get to be a well-rounded musician when I grow up. I'm still mm-hmm. young, at 48. <laughs> 48, <laughs> I'm 47 years old. But one day when I'm when I'm really old, I'll be a complete musician, you know? One day. Yes. Nice and round. <laughs> Versatility. Yeah. Uh, I started, we, I think the first uh, songs that I learned on the drums were, for, we had our first gig, Valentine's Day, 1990. And you played three songs. First was uh, Bulldog by The Ventures, same band that Mike mentioned earlier <laughs> that his dad was forcing him to play. So they're... Uh, 60s basila, 60s instrumental, more instrumental uh, guitar uh, band. And then uh, 18 and Like by Skid Row. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, Love Will Set Us Free by The Dawn, the band of Jet Pangan, which was also a band that Mike was part of. So it was basically, I, I was exposed to Filipino, uh, Filipino bands, glam rock, and yeah old instrumentals and then later on but but in high school i would say my ultimate favorite band was the police because they had a really good drummer uh Stuart copeland so yeah that was my favorite and toto toto the drummer is jeff Parker. okay yeah so i guess um for mark and nathan you guys were still in high school when you guys were starting music were you guys doing anything else before then or is just school I'm trying to think when I started playing video games. Was it before or after music? I think it was music first. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Video games first. Yeah. Video what, games in school. Which video games? Super Mario 1. Oh, okay. <laughs> the, the original. The, or- the OG Super Mario. <laughs> you know, old Nintendo stuff. Actually, uh, Atari. Atari. Yeah, oh, okay. Back in the eighties. Yeah. 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 I borrowed Mike's uh... <laughs> uh Tito Nate, did you have anything uh, that you were doing before music? Uh I was a kind of a 
jock type back in grade school and high school. And then I I discovered how to play uh, the bass because uh, I wanted to get some chicks. And then you got more popular. <laughs> yeah. To, uh, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't do it for the music, for the girls. I did it for the girls. <laughs> I respect that. I respect that. Huh? No, it, it didn't work. work. No girls. That's so sad. <laughs> That's so sad. <laughs> it wasn't the intended uh, result. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, uh, you know, the, the, yes, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Tito Mike, I know that you were working at ABS CBN before you started like doing music with River Maya. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I was just I, like, I, you know, doing research, listening to the Paco's Place podcast that you guys were yeah, on. Oh, yeah. So mm-hmm. what did you really want to do? Like, did you have to choose between music and, you know, your career? And was that a hard choice for you? Uh, well, not really. Uh, because, um, well, in college, I studied uh, communications with the intention of, you know, someday becoming a director. Mm-hmm. That was my, my ultimate uh, goal. So, but I love music. So what I did after graduating was to join the Jet Pavan group and tour the country. And just, you know, and when it was all done, I was happy with it. Then I, I started looking for uh, opportunities to, to be able to, to become a director. So when I applied uh, at ABS-CBN, they actually promised me that role. Mm-hmm. But because I was new in the, in the industry, they had to, I had to go through you know, stuff to learn more about the ropes, you know, within production. So they said that I have to start as a writer and eventually work my way up to become a director, which they were guessing would take around two to three years. So I said, yes, of course. And then I worked as a writer for ASAP, for uh, Martin Late at Night, and another show called... uh, Forgot the name of the third show, but anyway, after bang bang but <laughs> <laughs> director for what? bang but what? Just kidding, just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. What's that? See the dates. I do not know that. Is it? <laughs> anyway, um, no. but after a year uh, of being in ABS, I was offered, you know, uh, a position in River Maya. So. Yeah, I had I had to make a choice eventually. At first, I, I tried doing them at the same time, but uh, you know, after months of being with them and being with Mark, always uh, getting me drunk uh, before going. No, over. no, <laughs> no. I had to say goodbye to my to my day job and just focus on River Maya. Priorities. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was it was a, a hard choice for me. I, I like both. Getting but, drunk? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Getting drunk and playing music. <laughs> playing music, yeah. And directing. <laughs> directing. <laughs> but yeah, I started playing guitar when I was 10 years old. So music was the first love, actually. So it was easier to decide then. Okay. So for you guys, music is obviously your career. Did you have to convince like your parents that, hey, this is what I want to do, you know, because 
I know for my own experience growing up, if I told my parents, oh, I want to be a musician, I want to be an actor, they're going to be like, no, you have to be a doctor, nurse, uh, mailman, and something like stable, right? So was there a moment where you had to convince your parents that music is what I want to do for my life? Well, that really, in my case, not really to convince them, but uh, well, we had the same experience. When I was about to go to college, I wanted to go to like, well, my brother first wanted to go to music conservatory or fine arts. Of course, our dad, who's, who's a doctor, said no. Mm-hmm. Uh, for him, we should study something that's more stable, exactly like what you said, but we can do it on the side, you know, music, arts, whatever. But when finally I'm in River Maya, uh, I joined River Maya, we started becoming successful. I could still hear my dad once in a while telling me, you know, look for a, a real job. <laughs> yeah. Actually, until now, I once in a while, they remind me that, you know, <laughs> this is not forever. <laughs> oh, okay. It, it, it's true. It's true. Uh, it's very erratic. You know, this kind of uh, job is very erratic. But, you know, it's it's really, it's also hard to to work or have a day job and do this at the same time. For me, it's, it's, it's better that you focus all your energy to something that, you know, that you believe in and you really like. So I'm still here, not doing anything else, but never mind. <laughs> uh, I, th- I think you guys are doing pretty well for yourselves from uh, my perspective. Mark, Nathan, do you guys have a moment yeah. like that? Uh, very similar to Mike's story. Uh, my dad's a lawyer. And every now and then he would ask me if I wanted to take up law. Because technically I still can. But he never discouraged me. In fact, they bought me my first drum set in 1989. And the only condition was don't fail any subjects in school. Don't let your school uh, work suffer. And it was a challenge for me as well, especially in, in college. So every now and then he would ask me, but when he when he saw that, yeah, like what Mike said, when we were releasing more and more albums, and he, then he would ask me not so often. It wouldn't be as often anymore. It would just be... You know, asking how everything is, especially now that I have a family. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know how parents are; they all they all they want is just to make sure you're okay. So, you know, just check on us every now and then. Tito Nathan. Oh, my parents are very supportive. They uh, bought my my first instruments, and up to, up until now, they're very supportive. In fact, they want to go to the gigs, but uh, there's too many people in the gigs. I always tell them that you know, you just uh, you can watch me on TV, but you know, uh, I think it would be because they're pretty old and I don't think, you know, it's uh, concerts or, you know, anything can happen in a big crowd. But sometimes, a few weeks ago, we played in Sikior and there was like, I don't know, maybe 50,000 people came. So, you know, there's always a danger of, you know, uh, stampedes and shit like that. So I don't want my parents to be, you know, exposed to that. But they're very supportive. So we're kind of lucky. Me, Mark, and Mike, because mm-hmm. most of the other parents from the, like, our other friends from the other bands, their parents are not that supportive. But with us, uh, they, they pretty much uh, gave us uh, uh, the edge when we were a kid, you know, gave us a uh, good uh, equipment and stuff like that. So, yeah, that's good. Awesome. That's good to hear. Especially for someone that's trying to get into music. I feel like that's the last kind of push you need to really make it. If you have your parents' support, then I feel like you have nothing left but just your own volition to succeed. Yeah, yeah. I I remember now what I was gonna say. 
because going into college, I didn't know what I wanted to take. I had no idea what course I wanted to take. And he, he just said, whatever it is, make sure you try to be the best that you can at whatever field. Yeah, so at that time, I wasn't in River Maya yet. And he said, yeah, whatever it is that you want to get into, just make sure you're trying to excel. Yeah, and I think that's what all parents, mostly Filipino parents, want from their kids, right? Is for them to be the best they can be at what they want to do. Yep. Yep. So I want to go now to once you guys are in River Maya, um, specifically for Mark and Nathan, because you guys were there basically at the beginning. Is there a moment when you guys maybe release like your first single, Ulan, or even when you guys release your first album, anytime during that period where you thought that I made it or, you know, like, this is it. I've made it now. Yeah, definitely. For me, because back then, it wasn't as easy to have an album as it is today. Yeah. It was really a dream for all musicians at that time. Just to be able to record, you needed a recording studio and a recording company and a big budget for that someone to sign you, sign you up in their label and recording label, whatever. So I remember the first time that I held our first album. It was a cassette, cassette of our first album. We were doing a mall tour to promote the album. And then I said, okay, I'm good. I mean, that's how I felt. That. Okay, that's one, one of the bucket list. And everything else is going to be a bonus from the first album. Yeah. Did you uh, have an, a moment like that too, Nathan? Well, during that time, uh, our music was pretty different from like the other bands at the scene, the other successful bands. So I, I was like 90%, you know, I felt that uh, we were kind of going to make it. So I was really surprised. But then I was surprised at the at the amount of attention that we got from, you know, other sectors of society. Because, you know, we had this, we had our own thing with our own crowd, but I didn't you know, expected to cross over, you know, other people and, you know, other demographics like that. So I, I was pretty you. surprised, but I knew we were, we were going to be successful, but not that successful. You know what I mean? You were expecting that it was going to do well with your, your own audience? Yeah, but... it was going to do well. We're going to put out an album and that was it. I didn't expect it to be, you know, like a lifetime thing, but I knew I was going to be a musician, but, you know, not like uh, 30 years later, I'm still doing this or it, right. It's uh, it's been a great ride, you know. Initially, I thought I was gonna, you know, gonna make an album, an album or two, and we were gonna be, you know, just a bit successful, in the, but still, still playing with that. Me, make me feel good. Yeah. Still playing. Yeah, anyway, right. well, at first, you know, you thought we we're just gonna play in a in a club or in a bar, a full club or bar, and that's good for you. But now it's like thirty years later. It's uh, we're playing in, you know. Uh, sold out shows, thirty thousand, fifty thousand, hundred thousand, and. It's, you know, looking back, I didn't think it was going to be this big for <laughs> this long, right? Yeah, so, mm -hmm. yeah, it makes me, makes me warm inside. You know. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> can't complain. Yeah, can't complain. Yeah, can't complain. And the girls started watching Nathan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it finally worked. So, uh, again, for Nathan, or I want to ask you, like, specifically, <laughs> in the research I did, it listed you as one of the writers, along with Rico Blanco, for that song, Olan. I just want to ask you about what the song meant to you when you were writing it and what sort of the inspiration is for that song. 
Well, I I wrote it with uh, with uh, Rico and the band. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, before when 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 I was young, when when it would rain, it was fun. But now, when it rains, there are floods, so it's not fun anymore. You know, uh, it's a <laughs> different feeling now. When it rains, I'm like, oh no, it's gonna flood in the lower barangays of our city. So, right, uh, you know, it's a different thing now. Rains are are uh, it's an ecological disaster now. Before it was fun, but now no, it's. Uh, People are gonna drown, you know. So I don't know. It's different now. Thirty years ago, it's it's different. <laughs> right. That's when you wrote it, the rain the rain makes you happy. Yeah, but, but now, I, it, yeah, it doesn't because you know. Yeah, like, I, uh, I I remember at that time we we were we already had some songs. We were rehearsing some of the songs in the first album, and they were mostly ballads, love songs. And then I I said I came in the studio. I said. Can't you guys try to write a happy song? Happy song, happy song. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and then and then so Ulan was that song. So it's it's supposed to be a happy song, but if you really listen to it, it's not it's not really happy happy song. It kind of yeah. feels like uh, you're trying to be happy, but it feels kind of sad at the same time, right? Yeah, that's how I feel anyway when I listen to it. Yeah. So if we were in Canada, it would have been snow. No. No, yeah. no. <laughs> Merry, merry, merry Christmas. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! The snow. <laughs> that could work. I think that could work out. Although I, I don't know anybody that made a song about like the snow that wasn't a Christmas song, right? Yeah, yeah. No one really likes to talk about the snow here, um, unless oh we're we're gonna have twenty five centimeters of snow tomorrow. That's the only thing. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> yeah. that's like that's like the rains now here. It's like when you talk about <laughs> rains, everybody's like, no, oh. yeah, you know, streets get flooded and. And we're like, uh, uh, the whole Philippines like uh, below sea level, so the rains right now are driving everyone crazy. Mm-hmm. Just like snow in Canada, I guess. Yeah, the, I guess uh, with your floods, instead we have to shovel our sh- our snow. Yeah. So we have to <laughs> shovel our our driveways. The snow plows yeah. need to come in and yeah. clear all the snow. Yeah. And then everybody <laughs> driving to work gets uh, delayed because there's so yeah. much snow. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> moving on into your guys's um discography here so i'll ask mark um yeah. there's a song that yeah. i listen to called sleep and yeah. that song just um i don't know it hit me emotionally because uh recently this year i lost my lolo so that song oh, just kind of like that. yeah oh man so that that song just like reminded me of um like I don't know if it's a breakup song or if it's like more of a grief song, but that song kind of reminded me more of like losing someone that you're close to. Yeah, exactly. I didn't write it from experience. In fact, when I wrote it, it was like one of the happiest times <laughs> in my life. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I remember saying that when you're really, really happy, it's easy to write a sad song because you just flip it around. That's one of the songs that I was able to write at that time. And I was experimenting with open tuning on the guitar. Mm-hmm. And so, so I, I asked my friend, 
Cynthia Alexander. She's also a very good artist who plays a lot of her songs in open tuning. And I asked her to teach me uh, something, just, just to have something new to play on the guitar. She said, okay, start with open D. So I tried it on the guitar and I was able to write uh, two songs and Sleep was one of them. So it's exactly about, you know, that the day after you lose someone. Mm-hmm. And then, but I guess in the story, it's more of like maybe your wife or uh, a girlfriend yeah. that you were already living with. We were actually surprised that when we were promoting that album in around Asia, in I don't hear you on mic, uh, 2006? Eight, uh, eight. I think 2008. Yeah, uh, we were promoting our album around Asia, and I think it was in Indonesia that some of the radio stations actually chose that song to mm-hmm. play on their on their playlist. But it never did it become a single in the Philippines. It did, yeah. Yes. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It was also released here. Yeah, that's a beautiful song for sure. Thank um, you. Thank you. And another one that I really enjoyed was uh, SBN, uh, Sobrang um, Bagay Natin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the lyrics are like a classic, uh-huh. uh, cheesy OPM song. But exactly. obviously it has like the rock, <laughs> a little bit of alternative twist to it. And uh, I know that album was the, I believe that was the first album that you guys released yeah. since uh, Nathan returned to the band after leaving in 2001. If that's Yeah. Right. Yeah. What was that experience yeah. for you, like Nathan, coming back to the band and releasing that album? It was great. It was a great experience. That album, that the our last album won a, a lot of awards. Coming back, uh, you know, so it's a great experience for me with River Maya again. So looking forward to another mm-hmm. album and with these guys and playing again live. We have a gig <laughs> the, uh, this uh, weekend. Looking forward to it. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So now I'm gonna ask Mike a question about a one of the songs that he wrote. Um, oh no! <laughs> <laughs> I saw in um, my research that you were credited for Korayom. Kara- I don't know if I'm pronouncing that oh, right. No, yeah. I don't oh, even right. know what that oh. word means. Um, oh no! Means needle. It's, it's a needle. 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 Okay. Needle. So it's, was uh, was that the first one my... that you wrote for River Maya? For River Maya, yes, that was the first song I wrote because at that time I was my hobby was stitching, <laughs> like stitching no. like uh, like clothes or yeah, stitching clothes. Uh, uh it, the song it's uh stitching skirts. <laughs> really? Oh no! no, no I'm just kidding. Um, but, but it was. It was the first song I wrote for River Maya. And it came about one night when I was preparing for a gig or a rehearsal. I don't remember anymore. And I was changing the strings to my to my guitar, and one of the strings poked my finger. Like uh, it, it's like a you know the, the guitar yeah. strings for electric guitar. The the higher strings are like you know like needles, and it mm-hmm. actually went through one of my fingers. And that's when I got the idea to write a song about needles and. Yeah, that's uh, that's the song Arayo. and uh, you used to play it a lot uh, back uh, in the day. Yeah, it was also the first song that I sang on River Maya. And another song uh, that I want to bring up, you guys' latest single, Casino. 
I just found oh, it yeah. funny uh, when I was listening to the Paco's Place interview. You guys were talking about how, it, like, what hurts more, uh, gamble of money or gamble of love. Yeah. Like, mas masakit ng sugal ng pag-ibig or yeah. of money. And I was just yeah. thinking, like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think <laughs> I think the love one hurts more, to be honest with you. Yep. Yeah. You can get the it's money just, back. Yeah, sometimes you can't get the girl back. <laughs> Yeah. Or you lose the money and the girl. Then, oh, that's the worst. then everybody loses. Everything. <laughs> you just lose everything. But you're correct. If you don't have money, if you lose the money, you lose the girls. I guess so. I guess you won't have either. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 But I just found that single also very interesting because obviously you guys are continuously evolving as a band, right? And this one, I feel like it has a little bit of a different sound to what you guys have released in the past, but it still has like the classic uh, OPM sort of lyrics. So I was just wondering where you guys intend to take River Maya's music in the future. Good question. <laughs> it's okay if um, you know yeah. you guys don't know yet, but I was just wondering because. It- well, definitely it will be different from uh, what we've released so far. We actually have a bunch of songs in demo form we plan to work on really soon. And they all sound different. You know, there's no not one sound, not one genre. You know, it's all very, very different, both for English and Tagalog songs. So, yeah, soon we'll be working on them. Very, very soon. We actually started, but we stopped again. We did... Uh, uh, like a songwriting session we tried working on a couple of songs or three songs in that uh, session and we'll go back to that but yeah definitely it doesn't sound like a casino it doesn't sound like a Ryom, it doesn't sound like sbn uh, none of those songs do so yeah it's a surprise <laughs> mm, exciting something for the fans to look forward to for sure something i want to ask you guys um personally so i know you guys have this title banda ng bayan like band of the nation. I was just wondering, what does it mean personally for you guys to be, you know, part of a band that's has such a such a high like title? Well, the first time I heard that that title was around <laughs> I think two thousand four. Mm-hmm. I'm not mistaken. It's really an honor, you know, uh, because there there there's been a lot of Filipino bands, you know, bands do come and go, and you know, we were chosen to be given that kind of title uh, it means a lot and you know it shows us that uh, people do support us people do feel for you know relate to our songs I think that's the uh, most uh, well not the most but I think it's one of those obvious reasons that people actually support River Maya and of course we want uh, to we, we don't want to disappoint you know so we continue to write songs so that hopefully people will uh relate to, uh, learn from us. Yeah, I'm just really thankful that, you know, it, it, it allows us, to, we've been invited, we're usually invited to play in festivals or fiestas and all the way to weddings. We played at weddings, birthday parties, you know, uh, when, when there's a big fundraising for a disaster. We're honored that we're always considered for these events and um like what Nathan was saying earlier it's just you know it's been all uh, 28 28 years and to still be relevant to people uh it's just 
something to be very thankful about. And we are, and it's a great honor. Yeah, anything to add to that, Nathan? Yeah, uh, that's basically it. And we've been doing this for a very long time. And we're and I'm just grateful, thankful to God and the universe and my bandmates and to our fans that we're, we're still here and, you know, still here. And, and we're not only here, we're, you know, uh, uh, still relevant. And so I I really hope that we can re- uh, record and release our next song soon. soon. Yeah. So we can keep the ball rolling. Uh, new music as a life of band. So I hope I hope we can put another one back there in the music uh, River My Music bin, or mm-hmm. you know, put another one right up there. <laughs> awesome. Do you guys yeah. have a favorite song that you guys like to perform, or you like to listen? To? I don't know if bands listen to their own music, but um, is there any favorite that you guys have to play or listen to? I think it changes every now and then. Yeah, for me. Sometimes we were very fond of rearranging the songs because you know it's been so long that just to keep it fun to play. There are some songs that we play almost exactly the way it was recorded. But some songs, they evolved over time. And especially when you play music live, sometimes things happen that didn't happen when you were writing the song or when you were recording the song. As for favorites, I don't know. I don't know what right now. I I don't know. I don't know what my favorite. For, for me, uh, live, live. I like performing uh, Casino because it's it's the newest of the the bunch, and of course we haven't played it as as much as the other old songs, but we do play it every night, every time we perform, and it's it's something you know that uh, keeps everything fresh for me. You know, I mean, after all these years, right, we of doing the same, more or less the same thing, playing new songs is uh, is actually a, a, a wonderful experience. And another song that I really like playing live, although we don't play it as much, you know, there's a song called Manila, which uh, Nathan wrote. And it's a really rocking song. I love that song. Really? Yeah, really. Can you, sing us, a, can you <laughs> sing us a short part of it, sir? Yes, please, sir, Nathan. <laughs> Hey, we'll be there in in uh, August. I hope to see you, man. We'll be we'll be in Canada in August. Oh August yeah, or, yeah, August September. Yeah, I'll yeah. definitely make it a point to come see you guys. Yeah, man. Yeah, My uh, three titos from River Maya. <laughs> hanging out or... with Tito Mike is the best. I love hanging out with Tito Mike. Yeah, late nights with Tito Mike. Yeah. Oh, it's, uh... <laughs> late nights with Tito Mike. <laughs> uh, so i have a couple questions here about uh just the music industry and what it was like then versus now what would you guys say are like the biggest changes now because obviously i'd assume it's a lot easier now to do music when you have all these tools and technology to record music on and you know you can do like a zoom call in the times of the pandemic what was like the biggest changes you guys have seen in the industry over the years Oh, there's a lot. The biggest, well, one of the biggest for me is uh, radio. People still do listen to radio, but used to get their cues from radio. You know, which which songs to listen to, which which are the the latest trends. You know. Yeah. Now it's more of the internet mm-hmm. for me. So people tend to, you know, as musicians tend to release songs uh, online 
more instead of releasing them on, on radio. But we still do. We still do. Uh, I'm a, a big uh, radio fan but and CD fan. But, you know, now you can't buy CDs anymore. And if you want to hear you know, new music from uh, your favorite artists, now you go to the internet for it. So that's for me. That's the biggest change. Yeah, it's like the radio hosts that are choosing the music that plays on the radio. It's like they're the tastemakers, right? Mm, they're yeah. choosing mm-hmm. what music to play, and that kind of influences the other people that are listening to the radio to say, yeah. oh, I like this song by River Maya. Yeah, yeah. Now it's not really like that. It's more you kind of have yeah. to get big on social media or yeah. stuff like that. So I guess yeah, that's a big change. There's so much... Uh, good and great music uh, coming out. There's so much that the really dumb ones are getting the highlight. I, that's what I think. It's so much great music. You can pick any genre you want and you'll get bombarded by really great music. So that's why it's it was different then because there was so many stupid music that only you know only a few good ones get get out get out there. But now it's the opposite. So many great music that the dumb ones are getting the highlight. That's what I think. But so many great music. You don't have to go to the radio. You just have to check out Spotify or yeah. YouTube or even Facebook to look for any type of music. If you just type uh, new ska bands or new blues bands, and there's so much great stuff out there. Yeah. So you just have to look at, uh, look for it yourself. So that's, it. Yeah. that's the way I do it. Like, yeah, exactly. I think it's uh, accessibility uh, is the biggest change, I think. One of the biggest, because before, you know, you had to be, you know, you had to have a radio in your room or in your car or then on TV. But that was it, radio and TV. But now it's like they put the radio in your pocket. You know, it, you, you have it with you everywhere. And you get to choose what you want. You get to play whatever you want, whenever you want. You get to put it on repeat. You get to make your own playlists. It's it's both good and bad at the same time. Because accessibility wise, like if for for an artist, it's easy. It's it's never been easier to release music because you can re- put something out there. It's 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 a global release right away. It's a world. It's you know, it's a world premiere. Mm-hmm. Anyone in the world can listen to your song. That that was impossible before. But then again, uh, the other side of that is a lot of people are not as patient with music anymore. Like if they don't like something, they'll just skip it. You know, they have millions of songs to choose from. So you know, there's there's pros and cons to everything. Another good thing is that it's also easier to learn to be a musician now. Mm. Uh, information because of you know, information online and technology and also generally musical instruments the quality is higher and the prices are lower so yeah it's it's easier to be a musician now than, than before yeah and for anybody listening you can uh, watch Mike Elgar's uh, guitar tutorials on YouTube uh, I know he does uh, some guitar tutorials. So if anyone's looking to get into playing the guitar, that's a resource you can take advantage of. 
what advice would you guys give to people that are trying to get into music today? Because I know it was, again, very different time when you guys were getting into it mm-hmm. then versus now. What advice would you give to the young aspiring, not even just Filipino artists and Filipino musicians, but just Asian and I guess any musician in general? I think, uh, well, the way I started playing music was, oh, well, the reason I started playing music was because I love listening to music. And eventually, I love making music or making those sounds. So it's the same premise. Uh, just you know, do what you love. So and without you know expectations. Just uh, you know, I was happy then, just playing uh, and practicing in my room, no one listening. You know, just uh, you know, just the uh, enjoyment of uh, actually being able to play music. So I think that's the most important thing. And if you do eventually get into the industry and become a professional musician, then never lose that side of you that, you know, when music was just your hobby, as Mark said a while ago, because uh, if you lose that, everything becomes just a business and yeah. it's not going to turn out great. You know, uh, that's for me is yeah. the most important thing, you know, love what you do. Yeah. For me, I guess, find your own voice. Uh, and that, that doesn't always happen quickly. You know, it, it, it's a combination of listening to a lot of different kinds of music and finding out what you really like. And then also writing a lot of music and getting comfortable with your own style. But I, I was told that on Spotify alone, there's like 60,000 songs uploaded every day. Wow. So that's, imagine how many songs are out there uh, it's it's easy to get overwhelmed by stuff like that. So just focus on finding your own voice. And the other side is uh, don't don't be too concerned about social media metrics. You know, like likes, subscribers, followers, shares, and stuff like that. That is not the measure of your talent, especially when you're starting out. But some people look at you know, oh, they have a million views in two days and and they get intimidated and they end up just, you know, being discouraged. So just don't focus on that. Find your own voice and just enjoy, enjoy music, huh? enjoy listening, Wait. writing, and, and playing. Any words of wisdom, Tito Nate? You go out there and play, practice, practice 30 minutes in the morning, 30 minutes in uh, the afternoon, and go out there and play all the genres that are uh, that you can get hold of all the players that you uh, players near your town near your village play with them play with your your titos your you know older musicians younger musicians get out there and play that's it that's uh, so you get a broader perspective of you know how you interact with your music with other people with their music so that's uh, very important and practice practice every morning when you wake up practice awesome and is there any message you guys want to have to your fans out there that might be listening thank you very much everyone especially to those who have been with us from the start and those who have just recently discovered our music like you john thank you we hope to see uh you guys those of you who are in canada we hope to see you guys next year 2023 possibly around august uh, we'll definitely release more information as uh, you know when everything's finalized. 
That's it. Thank you, and hope to see you guys. Uh, Mike, Nathan, anything to add there? See you in August, September. <laughs> see you, John. We'll hang out with Tito Mike. It's uh, always a great time with Tito Mike. (laughs) As long as there's no uh, directing going on. (laughs) Drunk and directing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Director Mike. (laughs) Yeah, thank you everybody uh, for being there uh, always uh, after all these years and Thank you in advance to all those who will give us money and more gifts <laughs> when we go to your uh, town or your place. <laughs> but seriously, yeah, thank you to everybody. And uh, yeah, we will continue to make music for all of you. So just uh, stay tuned. Awesome. Yeah. And I know you guys were saying that uh, new music is coming soon. And when do you think the fans can expect that? Uh, about 10 years. <laughs> uh, well um, most probably early next year mm, okay so that's like pretty soon because the year's almost yeah. done yep because yeah, yeah as I, I said before uh, a while ago uh, we have like a bunch of songs that yeah. mean a lot that we just need to work on we just need to sit down together and work on those songs so we'll be doing that soon do you guys still do those uh, you know those camping retreats where you guys go away for like two, three weeks and then just work on music or is that like not really a thing anymore? Actually, maybe we should. <laughs> we've never really done something like that. Yeah, we've never yeah. done that. Songwriting has always been, you know, in the studio, rehearsal studio or uh, during the pandemic, you're, you're composing from, you know, work from home mm-hmm. and put everything together online. But yeah, maybe we should do a retreat. Actually, Mark has been has been camping and camping and camping with the family and friends. That's yeah, uh, so, what he does now. <laughs> you have to plan the River Maya camping trip. Yeah, right. <laughs> have some uh, campfire song, campfire album. Just uh, tell Tito Mike not to bring the camera for directing purposes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is for the music. Oh, for the okay. music. <laughs> for the music. <laughs> for the music. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, again, this has been River Maya joining us on AZN Connection. Uh, make sure to check out River Maya on all their social medias. Make sure to check them out on Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you listen to your music, because uh, they'll be there. It's great music. The music that's really defined a sound in Filipino music, in the Filipino industry. Like these guys are some of the biggest pillars in the industry. So definitely check them out if you haven't already. And yeah, I just want to thank you guys again for joining me. Thank, thank you, John. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, we wish you the best with your podcast. See you soon. Yeah. Looking forward to seeing you guys in August slash September. Thanks for listening to AZN Connection. We'd love to hear what you think about the show. Reach out to us on social media at AZN underscore connection if you have any feedback or episode ideas.